With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. One night, one goal. Stop suicide. On June 3rd, Washington, D.C. will host the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention's Out of the Darkness Overnight Walk. For the last 20 years, people have described the overnight as one of the most powerful experiences of their lives. Now is the perfect time for you to join us as people from all over the country come together to send a message of love and hope. Walk over 16 miles from dusk till dawn to raise funds and awareness for suicide prevention. See the landmarks of Washington, D.C. by moonlight. Form lasting friendships, experience healing, and bring hope to those affected by suicide. Join us. Be a part of something extraordinary. June 3rd in Washington, D.C. Register today at theovernight.org or call 888-THE-OVERNIGHT. That's theovernight.org or 888-843-6837. Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes. As always on a Thursday, I'm delighted to be joined by JP Mason. Seems like ages since I've been on here. 
Maybe it's because I've got loads to say and I've just been watching it patiently over the last few days. You haven't had a chance to to talk about the weekend, so I'm sure that will filter into our conversation. There is uh, discussions raging on uh, about what happens with the, the lineup this weekend and we'll be talking all about that. And yeah, I'll also be bringing this subject up. Um, the fact that he did play in the bounce game, or well, I say the bounce game, it's a B-team game. That was disrespectful of me. Um, and with the uh, the apparent state of Cameron Carter-Vickers at the end of the game, in terms of the fact that he could barely run JP, it's making me wonder, is, is Julien getting taken up to that point where, if required, he could get thrown in for a start? He seemed pretty far out of the picture, didn't he? Well, I mean, you could be forgiven for saying it was a bounce game because it was played behind closed doors, which is a bit of a strange one. I, I, do you know why that happened? Why that game was an afternoon kickoff on a... Was that a Tuesday? Is it Tuesday? Mm. Uh, it's a strange one. It was a strange yeah, one. Yeah, I don't know. Like, somebody can maybe explain why that happened, but <clears throat> it was quite weird seeing Julian. I saw the the meme on Twitter of uh, of the, the, the elf, uh, you know, Will Ferrell and Elf, you know, sitting in the class... And he's like the giant guy, and then there's just little little guys all around about him because Julian certainly dwarfed uh, most of the people on that pitch. Um, so yeah, I mean, you can only imagine that it did that it was for a reason, for a, a valid reason. I mean, it wasn't. He's not played any other games for the B team, as far as I know. So, like, you know, what? Why else was he playing on Tuesday if he wasn't trying to get up to to pace for the for the first team? And yeah, like you said, Carter Vickers was 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 spent by the end of that game on, on Sunday and obviously there's concerns over Greg Taylor, mm-hmm. possibly Juranovic as well. I don't know if anything's been said publicly yet about either of them and whether they're um, going to make it for the weekend. I would certainly hope they are because you could see where we, we were weak. <laughs> you know, if, if, if there was any areas of the park that we were going to get uh, you know targeted at, then, then those two areas were where the areas. That was that's one of my big concerns, JP, and I'll talk about it. We have been discussing, uh, particularly since January, how you know well covered we are um, across many areas of the park. But I think that one thing I took from the weekend there were, uh, was that uh, there are some areas that we really do need to strengthen, and um, a couple of injuries in game can cause disastrous um, consequences. I feel the balance of the the back line was uh, really affected. Uh, you know, with the injuries. So we'll talk about all of that as well. We will be talking about uh, looking ahead to the Ross County game, one of the toughest um, away wins that we've had all season, I think, so far. And whether or not that um, speculation around the future of Malcolm Mackay might affect him, might affect the team, who knows? Um, the word on the street is that Hibs are very keen on Malcolm Mackay. Um, who's done a great job at Ross County, absolutely. And uh, we'll be talking about everything else that's brought up in the comment section. So get involved if you're watching uh, on the socials or on YouTube. And again, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you subscribe to the channel. We've got freebies galore. In fact, we might even give away one in this show. What do you think, JP? Depends couple of tickets. <laughs> couple of tickets. Depends what it is, exactly. <laughs> right, so what we're looking at is um, our pals at First Star. Big shout out to Simon Donnelly has given us a couple of tickets. That's a first name drop. What's that? Three minutes and we've name dropped Simon Donnelly. How dare we? <laughs> He's given us a couple of tickets for the Armadillo event involving five uh, modern day Celtic, are we allowed to call them legends, greats, icons? Uh, Paul Lambert, Lubomir Moravchik, Jackie McNamara, Chris Sutton, 
and the one and only Martin O'Neill will be there. Big gig, good venue, we've got two tickets. All you need to do is subscribe to our channel on YouTube and you're in the draw. Uh, we've also got various other things we'll be giving away at some point this month, JP. But, it, you know, we'll maybe work it around some kind of question um, because if you are commenting on the stream, that means that, they, that you are subscribed to YouTube in any case. So there we go. Um, now... Here's an interesting one from Juice Master Gaming. Julian was poor against Rangers B. They ran rings around him. We'll start off with a question to Julian then. You and I, we've said this recently, we were covering in the Dundee United game where he's collided with the post. And, you know, we knew it was bad, but it's taken a long, long time. That was November 2020. It's taken him a long time to be in contention. And then he disappears from view again. And like some of the other first-teamers, he's dropped out of the squad for a spell, JP. Like Liam Scales has dropped out of the squad for a spell. Stephen Welsh wasn't in the squad. Um, and you kind of start thinking and, and concerning yourself with the future, uh, Chris Julian, who's given us some great performances, match-winning goals, and we start questioning whether or not he's going to be the same player. Um, we have relied heavily on the partnership of Carter Vickers and Starfelt, but uh, I might be looking too much into this, you know, putting two and two together and getting five. But um, he's certainly a player that we might have to utilise, especially when you see what happened at the weekend. Stephen Welsh comes on, he's playing out of position. If Juranovic and Taylor and, and Carter Vickers, if there's a doubt <coughs> around a couple of their guys, it looks like we're struggling at the back then, doesn't it? And I thought we were in a position of strength squad-wise, but it, it did highlight the fact that there are areas that we really need to strengthen, JP. Well, when you get <clears throat> when you get both of your uh, full-backs taken off, you, you suddenly realise that you, you aren't. You know, one, you know, Juranovic goes off, you can bring Ralston on, but then who have you got on the left-hand side? You're having to, like, move Ralston over to the left and put a centre-half playing a right-back. You know, as soon as you saw Stephen Welsh lining up in that position, I, I mean, I felt for the guy because they had the momentum at that point and, you know, any any blood that they could smell, they were going to go for. And, and, you know, if it had been the other way around and they'd put a centre-half on at right-back who was unaccustomed to that, would fully expect us to have gone for the jugular as well. Mm -hmm. um, and it just, it, 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 wasn't a, it wasn't a pretty uh, sight to see you know, someone, you know, having a really rough time. There was a point where did he not, did he not pass it straight out of the park at one point as well. And you're just, his confidence must have been, you know, to come back into that atmosphere. Remember what, remember what Stephen Welsh has actually experienced as a Celtic player, a lockdown season with no fans. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly, you know, there's a full house at Hamden of half and half fans for the first time since November 2019. So to come in at that point, and not have really any time to get up to speed. You know, I'm not making excuses for the guy. I know he's a professional footballer, paid well to do it and everything else, but it wasn't exactly the ideal scenario to come into a game of that magnitude, was it? I don't think. I, I feel um, a great deal of sympathy for him, right? And going back to what you said there, yeah, it's your job, etc. But he has been thrown in from the cold. You know, he's not been playing regularly, JP. And I think that that was something that he's already dealt with when he originally made his first appearance last season. And I know that he'd played one game the season before against Hamilton. And I've been critical of those uh, in power at the club uh, in terms of the football team not giving guys like that more game time so that we don't get in a scenario where they're totally inexperienced and you've got to throw them in against Rangers. But that's what happened last season to him. And you'll remember that uh, 
memorable image where he's got his head in his hands in the stand after. Because yeah, he's a fan. He's a Celtic I, fan. So exactly. add, add, add that pressure into the mix as well for Sunday's game. You know, you're a fan of the club that you're playing for, and you know that you're not, you know, tooled up for that particular job. And you're, maybe your headspace isn't right, and the tempo of the game. You know, they they'd certainly upped a few gears in terms of how they were pushing. Their substitutes had made an impact; ours hadn't. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's the fine margins. I mean, it, it went to extra time. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't. I, I read a lot of things saying it was you know bossed and 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 everything else. We played poorly. We were one 0 up with fifteen minutes to go, <laughs> and we were you know looking like we were going to get away with it big time because I didn't think we played well up until that point and. The guy behind me said, this is going to be the longest 15 minutes ever. And after three of those 15 minutes, it felt like it had been half an hour. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. and then, you know, the, you see their subs coming on, you're like, are they going to make a difference? Is Scott Arfield going to make a difference? What has Scott Arfield really done in one of these fixtures for, for a while? Not much. Uh, but then just shows you one moment of quality, it was a good hit. And uh, and then all of a sudden we're in extra time and looking to the bench <clears throat> to, to to help us out. But you're looking to the bench at guys like um like Kyogo who's played what, fifteen, twenty minutes of football in four months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That showed. Um and I'm trying to remember the other subs that came on at that time. Well um you you've also got well, Kyogo comes on with O'Reilly and then later on you've got Welsh Forest uh Turnbull. And mm. I think that the extra the extra time substitutions were an issue. I think we got an impact from O'Reilly and Kyogo coming on, mm. although Kyogo faded, but that's understandable because of the circumstances you've just mentioned there, JP. And I thought he faded pretty badly and quickly. Uh, but again, I'm not having a go at Kyogo. Uh, I think in the extra time period, our changes didn't make the impact no. that Rangers changes made, and it was it was absolutely critical. I'm going to talk about the officiating of the game, but as always, you look at the Celtic performance first and foremost, and yet they're not two separate entities, because obviously when you look at a player making, I don't know, over a dozen poor challenges right in front of a ref and he's not penalised for it, if he is penalised, it can make a completely um, a huge change to the, the outcome of the game. Of course it can. But like you say, see, at half-time, I was sitting with uh, Alan Morrison covered the game with me and we kind of thought, wow, didn't see that performance coming from Celtic. It was poor. Um, And then we were asking the question, does Ange make make a change or does he make any kind of change at this point? Uh, He has done in the past. Do you mean half-time of the 90? Uh, Of the 90. Aye, but we're still sitting there at nothing each. You're thinking, right, we got away with that. That was really poor. Do we make a change? Um, And we were talking, I think, about O'Reilly for Rogic. And there's two things I'd say there. Rogic, yes, he wasn't at his best, but he was manhandled throughout the entirety of his performance. He was doubled up on, which is the right of the opposing team to double up on a danger player. I get all that. But it was as if the players who were manhandling him and taking him down and all that, JP, they they had a free pass. So I looked at that as a possible change, bringing O'Reilly on, who had played so well against St Johnston in the second half. Um, so I couldn't argue because that's exactly what happened about 10 minutes into the second half. And also Kyogo coming in, you're thinking you're going to get that spark. And we did because we opened the scoring um, shortly afterwards. And then we should have scored the second, could have, should have. And then Rangers equalise and the whole thing's thrown in its head. After 90, 
it was still a one-each draw. Um, and I think looking ahead to the game at Celtic Park, at this moment in time, I want to beat them. I wouldn't be happy sitting here with a one-each draw, but if it happens, we'll have a look at it after the game and, and you'll get a reaction then. But yeah, it wasn't the best performance, but I don't think there was any knee-jerk after it by Alan and myself. We were kind of thinking, well, we probably should have had it home and hosed in 90 minutes. We didn't. It's margins, and the fine margin of Carter Vickers hitting the bar is huge. Rangers also hit the bar. And that was the that was the the, the passage of play where Carter Vickers has thrown himself at a couple of um, Rangers players and him and Joe Hart somehow keep it out. Uh, there was three chances and that space seen of that back. I haven't mm. seen that back, by the way. That was obviously the other end of the, the stadium for me. I just I just remember it being absolutely bonkers, you know. <clears throat> I don't really know <clears throat> how everything played out in that moment. I do remember a, 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 the bar being hit and you know, it just being you know, keep it out at all costs. And I don't know who made so did Hart make a save at that point? Hart tips it tips it over the bar. Um Carter Vickers throws himself in front of the a, a definite goal. Um mm. so although yeah, I mean that second goal would have finished it, I think. I don't think there was any coming back from that. But one of my biggest disappointments is um in extra time being unable to uh for the subs to have an impact. That, you know, you've got 11 options at the beginning of the game, JP, and we didn't have that impact. But I think there was an issue in the final third, and I want to talk about that as well, and whether or not that's a concern when Yakamakis isn't playing and Kyogo's not quite on it um, yet, although that will happen. And we want to get as many people involved in this as possible, as always. Willie Stroker. Yes, I'm sure that's your real name, William. <laughs> Good afternoon, troops. Hail, hail. And Stephen McGonagall get a result on Sunday. That will sink them. They are hoping we drop points. Can't see it. Um, so overall then, before we get into the specifics and nitty-gritty, tell me about your day on Sunday. And um, coming away from that, gutted it, losing the treble, of course, but being able to have, find some perspective in this where, where you consider what we've done this season, JP. Well, going back to like last week when we sat here last week and we were talking about does Rogic play, does O'Reilly play? <clears throat> I think we we were both agreed that Rogic was the guy to play. Um, I think both of us would, if we were asked, you know, again about that, that we would say the same thing. Mm. Uh, but we would also say that we're aware that that Rogic sometimes doesn't have the best game, and and basically if Rogic doesn't play well, then Celtic don't play well, and and you kind of got that vibe about it early on that it wasn't really going our way within the first 10-15 minutes and especially the way um, that, uh, you know, as you say it was being ref, there was, a, I mean Madden let a lot go for both sides, I think you know, I think there was, a, I don't know how early on the McGregor tackle was on somebody maybe it was a Rebo um, they let that go but <clears throat> he let a lot go to the point that he stuck, you know, that there was no officiating at, at times I thought, and I haven't seen it back. I haven't watched the highlights. I've not watched the full game or nothing, for obvious reasons. I don't. I didn't. I didn't feel the need to come in on Sunday and uh, and and digest that whole thing again. Um, it was the first time I'd seen us lose at Hamden since 2016, um, since the semi-final. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I'd kind of forgotten. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. 
Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. How that felt, because I was just speaking to my mate, Melly, uh, from 20 Minute Tim's, um, he said, we've normalized winning trebles. And that is exactly what has happened. We've normalized winning trebles. So forget about last season. That's an outlier, right? I know people don't like to, uh, from another side, don't like to do that because obviously it's their their big title and everything. But forget about last season. Prior to last season, we'd won four trebles on the spin. Mm-hmm. Whether you want to dress that up or dress that down, league being handed or league being not handed, or Scottish Cup final being played in the following season or not, the facts are we won four trebles on, in a row. And so it's now become our treble. So it's, it's Celtic's treble. I mean, that's quite a feat to lay claim to a, a, a clutch of trophies in your in your homeland. So um, just wanted to say that before I sort of went into the game. But um, <clears throat> I don't think we could have been full. I don't think we could have been for. We could have been forgiven for having confidence going into that game on Sunday, given that yeah. we, you know, handed the proverbial to them at Celtic Park, and we'd gone to their own ground. And come away with three points for the and, and ended their whatever how long their record was. You know we had a superb record of domestic games unbeaten going into Sunday. They had an incredible record at Ibrox of uh, unbeaten games and uh, in, in, in domestic uh, football until we went there and took it off them. So I think we could be forgiven for going in there with confidence. Likewise. They could be, you know, uh, forgiven for having confidence, having got through to the semi-final of the Europa League a few days beforehand. So that, you know, when you look at it now, did that spur them to the belief that they could that they could beat us? You know, when they got that equaliser, was that in their minds? Was it not in their minds? I don't know. But if you think back to Boa Vista away, we went to Ibrox a few days later and beat them at Ibrox, where, mm-hmm. where probably nobody... Would they given us a chance because it was quite an energy sapping performance that night in, in Portugal? Um, uh, they obviously had um, uh, an away game. It, it was away, wasn't it? The 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 second leg of their yeah Europe. yeah yeah. No, we had second. It was um, no, it was at Ibrox, wasn't it? No, it was at Ibrox. All right, yeah. so they didn't have to travel. Okay, so fair enough. But I don't think we could have been. Uh, you know, I don't think it was ridiculous to suggest that we were favourites going into that game on mm-hmm. Sunday given the way we were playing with dispatch St Johnson we'd had a week's rest all of that um, but as Ange Postacoglu has said games are their own individual movies at mm-hmm. times mm-hmm. and you, you, I know that that sort of goes hand in hand maybe with form going out the window or whatever but um, they're their own individual movies they play out in a way that is on that day and on another day they could go completely different do you know we could play that game again on Sunday and they might win in the 90 we might win in the 90 it's it, it was definitely uh, like you say fine margins but um, I attempted to get into the Beachwood Tavern before the game it was a failed attempt uh, so I ended up kind of wandering around but I bumped into some people outside the ground uh, a couple of whom I knew I am um, we Callum that I worked in Tesco with out at Springburn. <clears throat> he was with a couple of his mates um, on the on the four local. I don't know if you've heard of that, Paul, but it's a a, a drink that the uh, the kids are favouring these days. It's Is a, that right? Eight point five. 
8.5%. Uh, it's like an energy drink from America. It's I think it's banned in some states in America due to its uh, high levels of uh, caffeine and alcohol. Um, but yeah, he was indulging in, in some of that. I've um, never even heard of that, JP. Honestly, uh, see, trying to keep me. your it is trying to keep your finger on the pulse. And football's yeah. bad enough. But um, what the what the kids are up to these days? I'm sorry, I just don't know. Yeah, I, I met him and uh, had some chat with him. It was good to see him because I haven't really seen him in uh, the real world, so to speak. I saw him, you know, most days in Tesco throughout the lockdown, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. I've not really seen him. At a game or anything like that, but he was at Ibrox for the for the two one victory, um, and I'd seen him post a picture of that, and he said it was you know one of the you know he's a young guy, I think he's like twenty one, twenty two. He said that was one of the best days out of his life, <laughs> of his life, and I, I I quite believe that. And then bumped into a guy who's a fan of uh, Celtic State of Mind, um, Hugh from from Castle Milk. He stopped me outside um, outside the Beechwood and uh, you know recognised me, which was kind of weird, but just straight away ended up having a conversation about Celtic and he told me his first game 1963 third Lanark against Celtic um, at Catherine and, Park no I think it was at Celtic Park because it right. was uh, four each I looked it up afterwards and uh, so yeah amazing amazing like you see the team sheet for that game as well it's like wow, I can't believe it's kind of weird speaking to somebody who saw those players I mean I've probably met lots of people who have saw those those, those players play for Celtic but when it's someone you don't know and they're just telling you their story, it's quite it's quite amazing. So nice chat with him. And then I met uh, my mate John Smith, uh, who was up in the North Ayrshire Shamrock. So I have to give a shout out to them. Uh, Reedy made sure I was to uh, say all right. So there we go. And uh, on that bus as well was Gillian Lennox, daughter of Bobby. Um, so... Met, was introduced to her as well because John and Reedy knew her. So that was a, that was her first ever uh, supporters bus experience. Was it? Would, would you believe? I was. She used to go into the game with her dad and like aye, aye. stuff and all that and doing the doing the corporate thing and everything else. So, but but uh, her dad didn't didn't go to the game on uh, on Sunday. So she was like, do you know what? I'm gonna. Somebody said that she'd come on the bus with us. So was she, she on? Was she on the four local as well? No, 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 no. There was none of that from her, but uh, but she was really buzzing to be on on the uh, on the bus and Probably. the experience of being on a supporters bus. I, I can't imagine having not had that. I mean, obviously, I had that experience at a very young age. Like, I mean, the first time I went on a supporters bus, I was probably about eleven or twelve. So mm-hmm. it's just all I've always known of that, you know, uh, atmosphere. But yeah, so she was uh, she was she was buzzing, and then and then yeah, the game. Uh, went the way it did and you know there was the usual solemn walk back into Glasgow City Centre from, from Hamden which uh, it, it it feels like you're crossing I don't know a, a border or countries or something like that that walk back I know, I know. especially when you've been beat as well it's, it's, a, it's a long it's a long way and uh, didn't fancy uh, drowning my sorrows in any way so I just uh, just came home um, and uh Put it, put it down to experience. <laughs> well, uh, it's interesting that walk because as soon as you mentioned that walk, that lonely, solitary walk of shame back from Hamden, the last time I think I remember doing that was the Kilmarnock League Cup final. And weren't we wearing that jersey that's over your shoulder in that game? Uh, I cannot, cannot. My mind might be playing tricks on me, but I'm thinking. You probably would. We would have had to wear worn a change strip against yeah. Kilmarnock because they they, they made they made us wear a change strip in two thousand 
the when uh, or two thousand and one when Larson we wore the yellow kit. Yeah. Against them, uh, when when Larson scored the hat trick. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think. Um, but yeah, uh, I just got that top. That's a, that's a new purchase from eBay. It's in mint condition. It's the I've, I've bought maybe two or three tops off eBay over the over the over the years. But I just got that the other day, and I could not believe it. the guy. It did say mint condition in the listing, and it arrived, and it was it's as new. There's not a there's not a scratch on it. So it's a cracker. Um, I'm guessing you never paid quite as much as the hand of God Maradona jersey that just went for four million quid. No, it was, £28 was very reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Let me know in the comments, without me checking the wiki, is that the jersey we wore that day? They beat us 1-0. And I remember that walk back um, after the game, exactly how you described it there, JP. Now, the Chris Julian question has brought some comments to the fore. Ridiculizer, Powderpuff Julian, revised as a Beckenbauer in his absence. What I would say on that is that you mentioned the, the game at Hamden when it was the last game where the fans had the 50-50 split and that was the League Cup final wasn't it when Julian scores the winner the Mm. Fraser Foster Mm. brilliant Fraser Foster performance Frimpong got sent off Julian scores the the winning goal it was a 1-0 win I'm Mm -hmm. sure Um, then fast forward a year he gets his injury and then fast forward a wee bit more than a year and here we are talking about him so I like to look at his entire Celtic career and I know that last season right? you can't judge him on last season last season uh, we were talking about getting a new centre half in because of this this Julian Ayer partnership wasn't working and in fact it was at Rugby Park they won each game that Bolingoli played I remember after that there being a real uh, necessity almost for Celtic to go and get a centre half so I absolutely get the criticism but last season was like you said JP an anomaly it was a season like no other it was difficult to to pick a handful of players who did themselves justice last season. So I wouldn't like to to judge Julian on that. Um, I mean, I remember the cup final we've spoken about, the game against Lazio at Celtic Park, where I'm sitting next to Andrew Innes out of Primal Scream. There's another big klaxon for a name drop, but that's just that's a day I'll never forget. Um, so I, I have been of the hope, right up until the Wraith Rovers game, that we were going to get the Chris Julian back that we had previously and I know that these bad injuries in the past have ruined players' careers but I think in the modern day the recovery rates are much much higher JP but I'm now sitting here all these months later having not seen any more football from Julian other than a B team outing and I do have my doubts but I'm also wary of revising history I don't think he was the greatest centre half we've had but he was a very important player for us and in a successful Celtic side as well and I would like to get him back. The big question is, does he play a part between now and the end of the season? And even if he does, is he going to be part of Angie's future Celtic side, even going into next year? Oh, I know what you mean about not revising uh, history because, you know, I don't think any of us ever really thought, you know, I mean, we paid, what, £7 million for Julian? I don't think any of us ever really thought that he was this, uh, you know, Rolls Royce of a defender. I mean, he's nowhere near the France squad. So, I mean, that alone tells you that, and he, I don't think he ever has been. You know, and that's no disrespect to him because the France squad's obviously not a. <laughs> it's not a. It's not an easy squad to just sort of, uh, you know, uh, find yourself in. You know, on a regular basis because the quality they have is really, really high. Mm-hmm. Um, I think 
he showed certainly in the, the sort of the Neil Wenning, uh well it was it was 2019 it was that 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 time when we when we beat Lazio home and away um, you know he was part of that machine that was still winning and you know was picking up the points that we needed was winning in Europe um, so there's an argument to say that he could be a play- I know I know a lot of people have said oh he doesn't suit Ange Postecoglou's style or anything like that but you know that's that's yet to be really proven in terms of how you've seen him fit into the system because he's, it's been you know so small sample size in terms of how, how much he's played so you know would Christopher Julian and Cameron Carter Vickers be a decent back to if given the opportunity to play a few games together who knows I mean mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see whether or not that actually ever comes to fruition or if it gets to the point in the summer where, because sometimes when players have been out that long and they maybe feel like they've become a bit detached from not only the club but the first team, you know, yeah. when you, when you and they, and it might you might think, do I want to go back to France? Do I want to, you know, try England or something like that? Because he's he's I think where has he played before us? Only France, mm-hmm. you know, and he's what he must be like what twenty eight, twenty nine. I'm just going to check that because, <clears throat> like you were saying about the, fr- the the French squad, he was part of the under-21 team that was quite successful. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like you say, he was never really touted for um, the France squad, the, the full squad. Under-20, sorry, not under-21. Mm. And, um, yeah, so he's now 29. He's now 29, mm. just turned 29. He's got a year after this season on his contract, JP. And I think that there comes that point where both the club and the player ask what's best for both parties here. Um, mm. And if he had half a dozen, seven or eight appearances under his belt, like you say, he'd have more of a sample size to say, yeah, the, you do have a future here. You do suit the style, but we, we really can't say. I mean, mm. one one out in as a substitute against Wraith Rovers, we really can't say whether or not Julian's going to be part of Angie's plans. But um, the other thing I would uh, throw into the mix there as well if Carter Vickers is injured, because it's a big if, and Stephen comes in to point out it looked like cramp, and if so, he'll be fine. Um, yeah, absolutely. You just hope it's not a muscle strain because these things can niggle and keep you out for a few weeks. And um, David Bradley, on the other hand, thinks it's the end for Julian. Um, so we'll see how that transpires. What I would like to see if, if there was some kind of forced injury in defence, now rather there wasn't. I'd like to see Starfelt playing on the right-hand side of that central defence because that is his natural position. Um, he spends a lot of time trying to pick passes with his weak, weaker foot, JP. So, you know, if it does happen, I'd like to see him playing on the right-hand side of the central defensive area. Um, but again, another name that I'm going to throw in the mix of a player that's gone right off the radar who reckons his best position's left centre-half is Liam Scales. And he's not even in the first 22. Mm. On Sunday, so there's there's a lot That's of things to one. consider. Yeah, that, that is because I mean that was a glaringly obvious uh, solution to the problem, rather than sort of you know playing mix and match with defenders and and in, 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 a, in a, a crucial part of the game. You know we would have at least I know he's not got the experience of a game like that. We'd have at least had the the benefit of someone playing in their natural position or close to their natural position. If he says he's a left-sided centre-back, then fine. But you know, we've obviously seen him play at left-back, left-wing-back, whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> so, you know, if he'd have been there... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. 
But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Would we be talking about a different outcome? I don't know. I mean, it's this, you can't you can't say one way or the other how it would have gone, but um, it is weird that he's completely... And there must be some sort of injury. Surely, to goodness, he wouldn't have been left out of the squad when he's of... He, he is like a, a commodity in that position, you know, where, you know, we, we're not blessed with many options. Um, so I, I would only... Because has anyone asked him about scales? Has there been any chat in a presser about scales? Or well, we'll be in the presser tomorrow. Uh, we, as an axon, we'll be in the presser tomorrow. So, you know, before you get a chance to ask a question, JP, somebody asks for an injury update. And mm. uh, in previous weeks, when I'm just spoken about it, yeah, right. he's, he's not never said mentioned anything. Liam Scales. The the thing about scales, and I'm not saying scales would have made. Um, any kind of difference to what happened at the weekend. But the thing I like about him is he's adaptable, so he can play left back. He himself reckons he's better at left centre half. Mm-hmm. And we've also utilised him as a left wing back or, or mm-hmm. a left sided uh, striker, which was bizarre because I remember mm-hmm. suggesting that and folk thought I had gone bonkers. But he had played that position for Shamrock Rovers. And mm-hmm. you've seen him overlapping, and he's, and he's got a couple of assists from mm-hmm. that kind of position. And a couple of goals. Back. Yeah. So. You know, it's one of the ones where I much prefer seeing players played in their correct positions. And at the moment, um, it leads us on to the goal scorer at the weekend, Greg, T- Greg Taylor, who is undoubtedly our first first choice left back, JP. But very much like a point that's coming up here by Stephen McGonagall, the end for a few, he reckons, Mickey Johnson, Mickey Johnson even, uh, was not up to it either the other day. And, and I think that area of the park, you, you lose Jota through injury, um, or loss of forum, you really don't, we don't. I don't think we've got a, an identifiable backup for him. I know Maeda's played out there, and I like Maeda a lot. Um, Mikey Johnson, I think's a wee bit off it, and I think we're the same at left back. The minute you lose Taylor, you're kind of struggling, especially if Scales is off off the table. But um, how impressed were you up to that point? Because I'm looking at uh, Taylor, thinking to myself, you know, you're going to prove a lot of people wrong today if you score the winning goal. Uh, he enjoyed it. I thought he had a good performance. Very unfortunate that um, he himself went off. I, I don't know if that was a muscle strain, JP. But um, he has proved a lot of doubt was wrong. Where are you with Taylor? And do we still need to strengthen at the left-back area? Uh, yeah, undoubtedly. I mean, that sh- showed in itself on Sunday. Um, you know, remove William Scales from the, from the situation because obviously he wasn't involved. We didn't pay a big fee for William Scales. Um, I, I think we need to go out and get and spend money in that area in the same manner that we did in the right back position on Juranovic, you know, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and 
I'm not saying I'm not saying that that's the end for Greg Taylor, you know. But there need I, I, I've been pretty happy with Greg Taylor. I, I think he has limitations, as, as has been pointed out by many different people on many different podcasts. But I think what he does give you is he, he will give you his all. You know, um, he, he might not be the best footballer in the world. We don't have the best footballers in the world at Celtic, but it, sometimes when it's someone like that following on from Kieran Tierney is also Scottish is believed to be not of Celtic not not Celtic minded uh, so so we hear from from uh, from people who <laughs> who know Greg Taylor or know of his past I don't really care about that that is not something that I would ever home in on as being something that I would target a player with because we only need to look at the the, the litany of uh, players in the past who have confessed previous uh, previous um, loyalties to Rangers, but you know, as soon as they pull on a Celtic shirt, things are different. You know, like Dalglish, potentially Simon Donnelly. I don't know if he was a Rangers fan, but he was definitely at Rangers, wasn't he? And um, for Celtic, and um, there are others. So I mean, Greg Taylor. I think, like I said, I think. Um, a, a, a spend of in the region of three four million on a guy like Juranov in the in the Juranovic mould that can come in and you know if you had Juranovic and Ralston on one side vying for that position and Taylor and a another on the other side then that's a lot healthier I think a, mm-hmm. lot, a lot healthier of a situation to be in and you know. Ange Postacoglu is not an idiot. He he'll have assessed that over the time that he's been at the club, and you'll know that that is. I mean, he's been pretty good at strengthening in the areas where we needed strengthening, and in, in, in the two windows he's had. I mean, his his hit rate is ridiculous, really, when you think mm-hmm. about it. The Japanese players, as uh, as someone said yesterday, the Japanese players will show their true worth next season when they've. Mm-hmm. Had a rest and had a preseason and probably m- more than uh, assimilated into the to the country. You know the the, the comments from Rio Hatate were interesting about how is uh, you know he's adjusting to life here and um, you know how it's completely different to back home and everything else. And that's that's in a, a time when there are you know no real um, measures in place for lockdown etc. So I think we've spoken before about how you have to give people that were here last season a bit of a, a different uh, a different sort of crack of the whip um, because of the, the scenario that everyone was in last year. It was a completely weird, unprecedented scenario whereby you couldn't go and spend time with people in their houses and apartments. And Aye. What about the new signings? How, yeah, how do you integrate them? Yeah, you you don't you know you don't and 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 that and even even people that have lived in Glasgow for a while maybe they live on their own maybe they mm-hmm. don't have a partner maybe maybe they struggled mentally through that that period um, and a, a lot of people got a hard time for last season and you know at the end of the day they they were just people doing their job but under the same constraints uh, and 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 measures as we all were at. Uh, under as well, so I think if you're going to cut Rio Hatati some slack for arriving, then you definitely need to cut other people some slack for 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 last season. Um, and 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 I hope and I hope that you know it works out for 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 them all being here because 
you can see what they what they provide on the football pitch. You, you you don't want them at the end of the season going, this isn't right for me, or I need to go back home, or anything like that, because we've we've seen what they can do in a game. You know, we've also seen what they can do, but then there may be a reasons for that. And um, yeah, it's a, 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 I remember the, the first Tati game. I got shot down in flames for saying that it, it was good, but it wasn't outstanding. And then, you know, he's obviously had really good performances since then, but there was people starting to go off on, oh, we've got a, another £20 million player here and everything else. And you just, I think it's always good to <laughs> not get too carried away when you're doing well and not get too downbeat when you're not doing well. And on that note, E-Tims shared a picture of that free water that you got at Celtic Park at the start of the season. Do you remember... Uh, do, you, do you know what I'm talking about? They, they would give out little cartons of water. In the first, I don't know, six or seven games at Celtic Park, the kiosks weren't open because of COVID. And they, by right, had to give out water to mm. the, the fans. So there was just tables of these little cartons of water, which, by the way, soon became about three quid when they did open the kiosks back up. But at one point, that's all you could get. And, and the e shared a picture of it and just said... Uh, like to remind myself of this picture um, of uh, you know worse times than a semi-final loss, and it's such a good uh, salient point that there was a point where Celtic Park had you know nobody in it, and then a few thousand people in it, and you know it was a gradual process to get us back into the games and everything else. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunday was sore, but I, I, as I said uh, to, to many people, I'd rather have been there. And and witnessed a, a loss than be sitting at home watching it in an empty stadium. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, you're right. You, you've got to take that, uh, JP, and it's a great example. And um, I'll be talking about uh, kind of like perspective a wee bit later on as well as we move into the 40th minute already. Um, and we've not spoken about music yet, JP. I'm disappointed. There's two different kind of trains of thought here from Declan and our next commenter. Declan, welcome to the show. Young man, you're the host on the, t- the Tuesday show. Don't think we'll see Julian again play for the first team. For me, Welsh is our third choice centre-back. Now, I'm going to go through and analyse this comment from Declan. So the second one is an opinion. For me, Welsh is our third choice centre-back. And I, I probably would agree with that because I don't think Julian's played enough game. That first one, don't think we'll see Julian again. You know, Declan's a man in the know. JP, so I don't know if he's heard I anything. We we'll need to ask him. Because it is quite easy to uh, create an avatar and, and post on YouTube, <laughs> as, uh, as we've certainly found out. Yeah, um, yeah, but, that's uh, true. That is, that is Declan. Uh, looks like he could be photoshopped in Copenhagen, but I think he was actually in Copenhagen. So, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I remember hearing a lot of that chat about Julian never playing for Celtic again. And I've mentioned it on here because people were saying that. And they were saying it like they were in the know, like like Declan's just said there, as if as if he's got inside info, maybe from his friend Ange, uh, <laughs> if he was hanging out at Eusebi Deli and you know had a had a, some scrambled eggs and toast with him or something like that. But uh, he uh, no the, the the Julian thing, people said he wouldn't ever play for Celtic again. He has played for Celtic again since then. I, I admit it's only been fifteen twenty minutes against Wraith Rovers, but he has played again so he's clearly able to play football but it's just at what you know what pace what Mm -hmm. you know um you know what what level because I mean the Ross County game on Sunday is going to be an absolute humdinger isn't it it's going to be you know 
yeah, I, I know they technically don't really have anything to play for now that they're, they're, they're top six. So they don't, obviously they want to finish as high up the table as they, as they can, but in the actual fact that they can just kind of take that game like a, it's almost not, a free hit. It's not yeah, a free you know. hit, but, but they can, they can, they can play without pressure, put it that yeah. way. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Ross County have shown this season that, that they're a good side. It took us to, you know, in the 97th minute, uh, when we were up there before, yes, we dispatched them 4 0 a few weeks ago at Celtic Park when everybody was sort of painting a a, a concerned um, a concerned picture over that game. But I mean, I certainly don't think that it's going to be. A, a, they know the significance of that game to us, and when other teams know the significance of a game to us, they maybe try that bit harder. And you know, they've got a guy up front that I think is a Rangers fan. Uh, is it Jordan Jordan White? I can't remember his name. He's a big lad anyway, and apparently he's a big Rangers fan. So you know, th- there you go. There's there's the narrative straight away for them to uh, want to do something against us. And we saw it against Motherwell years ago. You know, they had no skin in that game, but they knew it meant a lot to us. And, and Scott McDonald scored those two goals, and so it's up to us to play our game, which we know we're capable of. We've been on an incredible run before Sunday. That doesn't just evaporate with one extra time, two-one narrow defeat in a cup semi-final. That all exactly. of that hard work doesn't just go away, you know. Um, the players, you know, you saw Callum McGregor bring the players round together to sort of talk about it. They didn't, they didn't sort of run away down the tunnel and hide hide their faces or anything like that. You know, you you like to see players face up to. The reality of the situation, which was we got beat, and you know, uh, fans do it as well. I was caught in camera facing up to the misery of a situation once against Maribor, and uh, was 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 memed and ridiculed for it amongst uh, amongst my friends um, as I sat and watched them celebrate. And you know, to a certain extent, I watched a bit of that on Sunday as well because it makes the the good times better. You know, night 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 is darkest just before the dawn. So, You're right. That, by the way, I remember you telling us that the first time you were through in Stirling about your your meme and how your mates were very sympathetic about it to such a selfies point. in front of the telly. Oh. And all that. It, was, it was not pleasant. Um, was there no photoshopping going on? Were you not getting? There was photoshopping yeah. going on. There was I was I was in various scenarios with. Uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce and... Mate, I wouldn't uh, put that past you. I wouldn't know if that was a Photoshop or the real deal. Cheryl Cheryl Cole and that guy that she went out with for about 10 minutes. Uh, (laughs) uh, I was was behind the curtains, but in my pose at Celtic Park, like, looking into their living room. It was all very inventive, um, but, you know... (laughs) Brilliant. Danielle, welcome back. You are a regular contributor on the YouTube channel for me. This is a good point because Tommy McIntyre came out about his attitude dropping into the B team and how he obviously was willing to help some of the other players around about him. Uh, one of the defenders is only 16. You and O2, I think 17 or 18, JP. So it's great for the young players to be playing with the guy who's uh, got the experience and the kind of stature of a Julian. And Daniel points out it shows Julian still wants to play for Celtic. He could have turned around and said, no way am I playing in the B team with a bunch of wee guys. He did it, so let's give him a chance. I bet in Cham would have said that. I bet in Cham would have said I'm not playing in the B team with a bunch of wee guys. He would have done. Olivia and Cham would have been like, nah, nah, I'm better than that. 
I, I just have a feeling that's what he'd have been like because he didn't really have the greatest of attitudes and it's, it's certainly not proven to be the case at his new club either from bits and bobs that I've read online, you know, has a you know an impact at the start and looks like he's going to do something and then, you know, becomes the an outcast again. So I I I, I think I think of course, you know, Daniel's right, Julian playing the other day shows that that's not beneath him, you know, because it would be a bit weird. You know, you're a twenty nine year old guy playing with you know, a bunch of youngsters mm-hmm. and you are, you know, easily sort of almost double the height of most of them. Um, but if there was a reason for that happening and the reason is that he's in strong contention for playing on Sunday, then I don't, I don't have, I, I'm not worried about Julian coming in on Sunday as, as a, as a, as a starter, if, if that is the case. I mean, the only thing that you're slightly concerned about is that it's upsetting uh what was until Sunday a machine, like a winning machine that yeah. that was just picking up points, winning games by hooker by crook, were winning games and oftentimes winning them well as well. You know, like we just absolutely hammered the team seven nil. Um, the defense is the best defensive record in the league. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, you can't argue with those facts. So that's that's the only thing is that you're upsetting. A formula, but um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have thought Ange Postecoglou would put him in unless he was, you know, a hundred percent that the guy could do a job for him. So, yeah, we'll see what happens on Sunday. Yeah, and and the big thing as well, if you're going to throw somebody in, you know, you you wouldn't like to do it in a game against Rangers. It's happened in the past. Mm. That's a tough one. If you really want to test his metal, Ross County away, JP. Um, you know that that is a tough one, and I think that you'll get your answer if he does play as to whether or not um, he's going to have a future at Celtic. And I just hope that he goes in there and it goes without any kind of incident. You know, um, like you say, that defence and in particular Hart, Carter, Vickers, Starfield—they've built up such a great relationship. Anybody that goes in there is going to change the dynamic of that. Be that Stephen Welsh, Chris Julien, near Beaton. Right to throw another name out there who who could potentially play there, um, if uh, the dynamics going to change. Uh, but if you want to test Chris Julian, what better other than the Rangers game uh, fixture is there in Scottish football than than Ross County away? Um, talking to the B team though, I'm going to bring this up right because I thought it was pretty poor um, with, with regards to the the commentary of Tom Miller when he was questioning <laughs> Rocco Vata's um, international Man. leanings. I mean. Who is he to question Rocco Vata's decision? I mean, Rudy Vata, obviously. Um, we know the story of Rudy. Rudy sought asylum whilst playing for Albania against France and you know, ran up the tunnel with a few other Albanian players straight to the local police station, sought asylum, right? And you know, for anybody to make any kind of comment that would suggest, A, that Rocco Vata's turning his back on his father's heritage, his Albanian heritage, and B, oh, he's a Celtic player, so of course he cho- chose Ireland. I think is despicable. Yeah, and I, you know, and he's come out and actually backed up what he said on Twitter. Mm. I, I think he should be ashamed, and we we need to call that kind of behaviour out. Why does Scott Arfield play for Canada? You know, there are numerous numerous examples of players choosing countries that you know I could play for. Poland, England, or Scotland—you know—I could qualify for all three of them. So 
if I cho- chose to play for Poland in honour of my grandfather, would I be turning my back in Scotland? Would, is that what is that his theory? You know, even though that would be my personal emotional preference to play for that country, which is my right because of my heritage. You know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I've often thought that. Obviously, I've never been a footballer, never will be a footballer now. But you have uh, scored a hat trick at Celtic Park. I have, I have done that. Yeah, yeah, that that was a, a big box ticked, but. Um, you know, I've thought about that, you know, obviously knowing who I could play for and I've imagined, you know, when I did score that hat-trick, by the way, I had my grandfather's surname on the back of my jersey. I had Sibulski on the back of my jersey, mm-hmm. um, obviously, <laughs> because I didn't want to put Mason on the back of a Celtic strip. I mean, that's, you know, but I, I told my dad that at the time. I was like, look, this is, you know, not that my dad is like a massive Celtic fan, but... You know, I told him I was playing a Celtic Park and I was going to get my granddad's name in the back. So uh, I did. Uh, but, you know, I, 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 I've I, often thought, would I play for Poland? You know, I, it, would, it, would, it would be a conversation, put it that way. I, I, I wouldn't say I would just outright play for Scotland because I'm unfortunate that I'm a bit of a, you know, uh, I don't know what's the word. I mean, I was born in Manchester. I was gr- raised in Scotland, but my grandfather's Polish. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not a uh, mum and dad, both Scottish, born in Glasgow, mm-hmm. you know, Scottish, you know, through and through guy. But I, I feel Scottish, obviously. Um, but I definitely have a, 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 a you know, a, a feeling for, for Poland because of my grandfather, because I was really cl- close with my grandfather. Um so yeah, to, to to make a throwaway comment about that in a in a what is essentially a youth team game, it's just snide. It's just snide. Absolute it's snide. Unne- it's unnecessary, and you know, I, I, I I'm kind of disappointed. I'm not that I would expect much from him or anybody, you know, from that neck of the woods. But it was kind of like, wow, really? Like, especially what's though, what's to do with you? It's just a guy's choice, know. you know. Exactly, but particularly when and and podcasters is that what we are I'm not even sure because a podcast for me is an audio thing that you listen to but anybody from alternative or fan media that that does a show like Axom and all the other great shows out there you mentioned 20 minute times the 67 boys you get criticised for saying just about anything Mm. Uh, and then you've got someone who's a so called professional working for the club's official channel coming away with that nonsense and that's why I think it should be called out because any opportunity that there are there is rather to, to call out anything um, that's said on alternative media is taken. Absolutely is taken. So, yes, um, big up to Rocco Vata. I hope we see you for many years in the Celtic jersey and hopefully you can wear the Republic Island jersey with pride um, as well. Now, there's a couple of wee things. We went down to Liverpool the other day, JP. I love Liverpool. And they gave us a mug. God save the Flory. Now, this mug was given to us at a venue called the Flory, right? And it was a collaboration between Violet and um, my eyesight's terrible, Jamie Reed, who's an artist who'd done a Sex Pistols um, exhibition at the Flory to raise cash to save the venue. Beautiful venue. Been standing for, I think, over 100 years. It's named after the guy's daughter who um, took over the venue after the war. I think Florence, her name was. Anyway, we were down there to record the one and only Michael Head. Dream come true for me. Love Michael Head and the Red Elastic Band and Shaq and the Strands and the Pale Fountains, everything he's ever done. And it was brilliant. But the reason I'm bringing it up, yes, we like a wee chat about music, JP, but 
he had a right good laugh about um, back in the 90s he's with Shaq now I recently or we recently shared a wee uh, video a bit of video footage and it was at the NME awards I think and it was Johnny Cigarettes who used to be the NME journalist oh yeah with Stuart Braithwaite and he's interviewing Stuart Braithwaite and Mick Head Mick does they do much talking if any and uh, Stuart basically rips Johnny Cigarettes to pieces which is good to watch because he used to do that himself Johnny Cigarettes used to rip all the bands to pieces in the, the weekly pages of the NME um, so Mick Head around about that time was in a band called Shaq with his brother John and they supported you know they went on the Bratz tour with Coldplay Mogwai Campag Veloset and all this Coldplay went on to do what they did and the rest of them are kind of iconic bands um, cult bands in many ways so we were chatting about those times and he was telling us um, Billy Sloan, who I'm sure you've come into contact with over mm-hmm. the years as well, JP, yeah. um, a staple of Scottish music, uh, writing and broadcasting, uh, arranged games of football between the bands back in those days. So you had Shaq representing England against a team made up of like teenage fan club and the Kevin McDermott Orchestra, Kevin McDermott um yeah. Find them on on Twitter. Always good good chat, and I just loved it. And to this to this point, I'm not sure if there's any photographic, uh, you know, proof and evidence that it happened, but it definitely did happen. So we're talking to Mick about that, and he told us the reasons why Shaq didn't win that Scotland v England game. The reason they were embarrassed. So you're going to have to tune in to the YouTube video to find out the reasons. Uh, but let's just say, I think his lifestyle was a wee bit more rock and roll back then, JP. Um, pretty sure like Liam and Noel uh, love Shaq and they've always like name dropped them into, into interviews because I used to you know I used to eat up anything that, that Liam or Noel mentioned in interviews the Laz being one of them one of the bands that I remember them talking about the Laz and being like right I need to listen to this band there must be more than there she goes and they are more than there she goes uh, but Shaq I had a brief kind of delve into Shaq a, a, a few years ago and I liked what I heard but I never I never sort of properly you know immersed myself in their music but um, I think I might I might have to do that and uh, I've also been told to listen to Steely Dan recently which is completely different I get um, a bit more kind of dad rock but um I'll give, I'll give them a listen to. You've but. got to. You've got to. It depends on who recommends them. I remember we used to ask for tracks back in the day when we were breaking all the publishing r- rules, when we didn't have PRS set up and everything on the, on the podcast. We used to ask people to play tunes to get mm-hmm. an idea. I think we probably asked you to play a couple of tunes. Did you play The Twilight Sad and an old Oasis B-side, I think? Yeah, I did, uh, yeah, I? Did. Um, yeah. And the, just, the one... you're, allowed, you're allowed snippets, though, or you were allowed snippets. Yeah. Aye, 14, kind of like 12 or 14 seconds. Um, mm. But the other one is uh, the, the only person that ever chose Steely Dan was Hugh MacDonald, the brilliant Scottish writer and journalist Hugh MacDonald. He chose Steely Dan. So you're in good company, JP. You're I tell you, Billy, Billy Sloan, I, I, before I, when I was just a, a wee guy, you know, buying, you know, I'd buy the, the Sunday Mail to get the music supplement, you know, to get the pull out to that's how you found out about gigs basically because it would like DF or PCL or whoever would just take out full page ads in the, the Sunday Mail to advertise all the upcoming gigs so that is genuinely how I used to find out about all the gigs so I would be on the ball and but there was always an interview with someone musical with Billy Sloan and I was always kind of like I mean I remember me and an ex-girlfriend used to always have a laugh about Billy Sloan in fact she's from Inverkeeden your neck of the woods 
and uh, we'd always have a laugh and be like, oh, God, there's Billy Sloan. And, you know, we'd, we'd see him at a gig and we'd be like, oh, there he is, thinks he's, thinks he's a, a celebrity. But I've actually got to know him not really well. I've met him a couple of times. had a really long conversation with him one time standing on Park Road. We, we honestly stood and talked for about half an hour, 40 minutes, and that was just scratching the surface. He has interviewed everybody, like, Absolutely. Sex Pistols. Aye, oh, like Bowie, McCartney, you know, any, you know, you name it. He is, I don't think there's many people probably alive or dead that have been touring in the last 30 or 40 years that he hasn't interviewed. Probably like Jagger and Richards as well, I would imagine. And, you know, just, it's amazing, you know, to think that he's shared time with all these people mm-hmm. because I've been lucky enough to meet people that I never thought I would meet but he's on a completely different level of, of like, you know, <laughs> absolute bona fide legend, like rock and roll stars. Um, and How could he, he tell any story without name dropping? I mean, the klaxon would be getting pinged every oh, other minute. I mean, but the thing is as well, but he's got, the amazing thing is that he's got it all documented. All these interviews are all in print, so they're there forever. Those His meetings with those people aren't, you know... Uh, Back backstage corridor chats, they're set up interviews, meetings, which is great because you know it's 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 a it's a document of his career and of his of his life's work, and you know that's why it's cool when somebody like yourself interviews a Celtic player or an ex-Celtic player or something because it's there and it's documented, and mm. you know you, you, these people aren't going to be around forever. So you know you you spoke to Frank Connor, Frank Connor's gone, you know, yeah. Yep. Like that, that's a really sad thing, you know. But what if he had not had that opportunity to speak to you and, and you know, tell you stories that would potentially be untold? You know, I'm not saying Frank Connor's Mick Jagger, but you know, it, it's it's still it's still it's a, of, of an interest. Yeah, it is. It's a wee time capsule. And I'm going to say this, by the way the, the one and only time I ever seen him at a gig, Billy Sloan, I think, was to see Sugar Babes. And I was there. I'm not going to tell you the circumstances behind it, but I was—I won a competition, right? And I like a gig, and I love a free gig, so I went. All right. Uh, just to finish off on a very serious note, I'm going to put this out there. Anyone who has been interested in what Axon does over the years, um, basically, about—I don't know—a couple of years back, um, a good friend of mine, John, and I, who go to the games um, at back then, we went to the games together. Uh, we decided to expand it by building a, a wee studio in Dalkeith, which JP you've been at, uh, and do other kinds of content, which is why we were doing in Liverpool, because we were doing acoustic sessions. So Axom's a massive, very important part of everything that we do every single day. But we do other things as well, and we do it from our wee studio in Dalkeith, and we love it, and we've got a big plan to keep it going. Uh, but John and myself, we set it up, legit. And anyone who's been following the story over in Toronto... Uh, where a 29-year-old woman from Scotland died after a hit and run. Um, Please keep John and her family in your thoughts because it was John's niece. So terrible news last week here in the studio. And there will be a service next week on Monday uh, for Erin. And please keep the, the family in your thoughts. So I wanted to say that because it's so important that 
these positive kind of uh, messages get put out there. You know, give us the, the positive vibes for the family because they need them at this difficult time, JP. Thankfully, there were four arrests yesterday, so we hope that um, some form of justice will be done through the criminal courts. So there we, there we go. But thank you very much, everybody, for getting involved, and thank you once again for JP Mason for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad, because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's E-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data q3 2022 and cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.